Nobody wants us to be here, and I want everybody in the NFL to keep up that energy. Eagles are beating trash teams. Let's really actually dissect that. We all saw the power rankings today. We know who's at top of the power rankings. The Vikings and the Jaguars are in everybody's top 14. I was actually watching Colin Coward today, and they're both in the top 10. Nobody said the Chiefs are trash when they lost. Nobody said Buffalo is trash when they lost. Here's the thing. Nobody wants to see Jalen Hurts do better than Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, or Josh Allen. And I want everybody in the NFL to keep that energy. Nobody likes Philly. It's like DJ Khaled said. Nobody believes in us. Breaks my heart, man. It breaks my freaking heart that there are people looking at this 4-0 team and nobody believes in us. Everybody wants to doubt and find excuses and everything. We're all we got, we all we need, and it is lonely at the top in 4-0. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 8 of the Winging It podcast. Andrew, how are we feeling today? Honestly, I am... I feel like a little emotional after that. Like... <laughs> We can just just call it right there. It's a wrap. Thank you for listening. On to next week. I am inspired. Uh, I'm. You gave me goosebumps, Alex. I, somehow you never cease to amaze me, my friend. <laughs> Listen, man. I'm. I. I. I see the commentary. It happens when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and everybody counted us out, man. Everybody just wants to find excuses on why we shouldn't be here. And nobody can just celebrate the wins on what we do. You can't just beat trash team after trash team after trash team because there's not that many trash teams in the NFL. And by most accounts, the Jacksonville defense is one of the top ones. So let's actually just get right into the Sunday game. Wait, you think that you Go think Jacksonville is a trash team? No, you. I'm just saying you can't just you. Can't, there's not only four good teams in the NFL, and that's it. There's not. I don't only know. Four I, teams. <laughs> I tend to think that there's like really such a finite amount of teams that are actually legitimate contenders to win a Super Bowl. And then then there's just everyone else. You know, like I feel like there are a lot of think about how many how many good quarterbacks are there? Do you think there's more than a dozen? Because if there's if there's basically any team that doesn't have one of those dozen quarterbacks is trash to me. Yeah, I mean listen, I will admit that even these top echelon teams, man, I'm watching Red Zone. There's a lot of junk football going on. A lot of really bad games. The Packers don't look great. Yeah. The Buccaneers don't look good. The The Rams just can't beat San Francisco. I mean, there are just so many trash games from these upper echelon teams right now. And for you to even doubt the Philadelphia Eagles and even have the simplest, the, the, the slightest, 
feeling that they don't belong there is just absolutely insane at this point. Now, it's just I, absolutely insane. This has to be national media perspective because everything that I hear locally, people are people are pumped. And I know that Philadelphians sometimes are afraid to get confident because we've had our hearts broken. But I feel like the general consensus, everyone I talk to, it's like we know that we have a special thing going this year. I think you and I even leading into this season, we were both very excited and we were talking about all the things that there are to like, and it's completely come to fruition. So, I mean, number one, you and I both look like geniuses, so people should keep listening because we're just delivering the truth. That's all. So just whatever. Uh, but like, this is so much fun. And I, mm-hmm. if anybody who is a fan of this team can, f- let's just like, we need to, let's, there's nothing to complain about right now. There's nothing. That's nothing. It. Nothing at all. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the highlights and some of the, the the good things and some of the bad things. Two up, two down from this Sunday's game against the Jaguars. Awful conditions, by the way. Rain, it like just stopped raining since, right? It is Tuesday night and it just stopped raining here. Um, you know, a little bit of a less flashy game, but still a pretty significant victory to win by eight. So what are your thoughts? What are your what are your two up? Yeah, I mean, significant to win by eight, especially with how that game started. And you were just talking about how how much ugly trash football there was. That's what we were unfortunately watching in the first quarter. But hey, wouldn't you believe it? We actually decided to start scoring in the second half of games or or or, or, or we, we decided to actually, you know, not just show up in the first half and then decide to just kind of take it easy in the second half. Things didn't start off great. This was kind of a role reversal of what we've been seeing. And I just, that is just another thing to love about this team is that we're, we can find so many different ways to get it done. So uh, it, it wasn't a great start. I really want to, I know that we both are probably um, gushing over Miles Sanders right now because that was probably the best performance yeah. that we've seen of him. I mean, that was everything you could ask for out of a running back, but particularly how he stepped up in the passing game, especially with weather like that, where you might expect the ball to be a little bit slick. Um, no, dr- you know, <laughs> no drops. And he made plays at times where I feel like we needed somebody to make a play. And he, he obviously ran the ball spectacularly, but just involved getting more involved in the passing game. Uh, you know, we didn't have Boston Scott, so maybe that had something to do with it as well, but just, um, just giving this offense another element to take into account um, because, because he really, he did everything. He did everything. And then my, my second up is I want to just kind of look at, I want to take a good look at Hassan Reddick. I, I have a question that I want to ask you in a little bit, sure. but right now I just want it like, of course I love Hassan. You know, we both, we're both temple owls. So obviously I had, it's going to be hard not to love him just out of loyalty, but he is doing exactly what we wanted, exactly mm-hmm. what we hoped he would bring to the team. Mm-hmm. And that is apply mm-hmm. significant pass rush. He forced, he got his hands in on so many different plays. He, he, he forced at least two turnovers. And just to that point, I mean, right now, I he had two sacks on the day. The Eagles currently lead the NFL in sacks with 16 through four games. Alex, they had 29 total last year, and they have 16 right now. That's it's incredible. Just that's why, like, you know, back to what you're saying. It, it's like people that want to hate. All right, fine, hate because right now a lot of the proof is in the numbers, and the proof is also in what we're seeing with our eyes. So those are my ups. Hit me with yours. Yeah, man, a lot of truth in what you were saying with Miles Sanders. I I, I feel like this 
game is how Miles Sanders envisioned he would play, right? It wasn't necessarily all I, – I think a lot of the criticism with Miles is that we want him to be this downhill north-south runner. He did a lot of lateral moves. I, it was actually in one of my chains. I don't know if I can find this stat anywhere, but Miles Sanders probably took the most amount of steps – to gain yardage this week, right? Because he ran so many vertical um, uh, uh, vertical routes across the field and, and and did a lot of horizontal running. But he had a really, really, really good week. And, dude, again, on the defensive side of the ball, Bradbury, Reddick, like these guys are just like performing absolutely incredible. It, it's crazy to think that just like, you know, a few seasons ago, we were complaining about Alex Singleton, who was then named a captain the previous year. And I can't even think of like one like weak person on the defensive side of the ball. I'm just like, nah, he just doesn't belong there. I really can't pinpoint one. Those are dark days. You saying Singleton and I that know, man. just such mediocrity. It, that feels like it was forever ago. <laughs> I know. I know. So uh, as far as my ups go, um, I think the first one is we did battle through a 14-0 and deficit. And it's something that we were really concerned that if we didn't get a fast start, if we weren't leading at the half or you know, even at any point in the game, would the Eagles have the audacity to be able to come back and really overcome that? And we really did. And it's what you see with all the great teams. You saw Buffalo has done it multiple times this year. Um, You see a lot of these great teams coming back and doing it. And then secondly, my second up for the day. Hold on. Let me get the little sound effect here. All right. Perfect. And then the second one is going to be a veteran performance on the defense by, we called him out earlier, James Bradbury. And they actually highlighted it on the show where James Bradbury was covering a different guy and Trevor Lawrence's eyes were locked on Christian Kirk. So Bradbury passed his guy off and got the right in the nick of time to pick up on a rookie mistake. And it's why you see some of the great quarterbacks in the league, like Tom Brady looking different direction. Patrick Mahomes is famous for his no look throws because the defense can read that. So it's just incredible to see that like there's that much raw talent on the defensive side of the ball um, that somebody like James Bradbury can can come up and do that. So uh, those are my two ups for the week. I love that. And you, like speaking of Christian Kirk, and he's he's been very good this year. Very good. He and Trevor Lawrence have had a great connection. I think that. When he signed there this offseason, it seemed like they were overpaying him. I know the Eagles were interested. Before we traded for A.J. Brown, we were very interested in Christian Kirk. And he's proven pretty worthy of that contract, to be honest. But with the the way that game started, it's like I, I don't think Christian Kirk had a, a reception until the second second half of the game, um, which means the game plan was great and to keep him out of it, which I think leads me to my first down. Jamal Agnew. Uh, Andrew, I got I to gotta stop you right there. Um my wife is out of town on a work trip and the baby is crying. So I need to go grab him. So <laughs> we're good. We got the binky binky in mouth crying has stopped. I can't blame him to be honest, man. I can't blame. I, I felt the same way watching Jamal Agnew tear up our defense. <laughs> regardless of the, <laughs> regardless of the fact that I don't know, I, I know they started utilizing him as a wide receiver either last year or the year before. He wears number 39. That's an ugly number. And it's the number of a defensive back who 
defensive backs are supposed to not be good at catching footballs, but this guy was catching footballs and he was tearing up our defense and it was driving me nuts. It's like, we cannot lose to Jamal Agnew. So that was a huge downer, but I got to say, like we adjusted and I don't, I did not hear his name very much in the second half. So we, we rebounded, but it was hella. Can I say hella? It was hella frustrating. I don't even know if people say that it was hella frustrating watching him carve up our defense in the first half. Second down. I got a bone. I got a bone to pick. Who's that? That's Kendrick, I think. Yeah. King Kunta. Okay. So I'm looking at, you know, we'd like to look at the power rankings. Obviously, we want to smell ourselves. We want to feel ourselves after these after we win again. Uh, clearly, we're undefeated. So you would think that that means that we are just everybody's number one team. Not the case. That's okay. Uh, kind of like you were saying before, we got some haters. It is what it is. We saw Jalen Hurts shirt last night during the Manning cast. Or maybe not everybody did, but if you didn't, look it up. So um, there are two publications that don't have us as number one, one of which is ESPN. They have us at three, which is whatever. ESPN, they, never mind, not even going to get into it right now. Maybe I will later. Um, The other one is The Ringer, who has us at number four. And I just want to share this because it really grinded my gears. So The Ringer says week four showed us that there is just so much margin for error with this Eagles team. Jalen Hurts was late throwing a crossing route early in the first quarter, and the ball was ultimately intercepted for a pick six. What? That mis- yep, I know. That mistake contributed to a 14-0 first quarter hole in the pouring rain at home. But Hurts and the Eagles proved too talented and too well-coached, yada, 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 then starts to go into complimenting us. Are you telling me that you're going to put us number four because of a ri- because of, of a, an errant throw or two as we're trying to get adjusted. Like clearly he mentioned the, the, the writer mentions the elements that we were playing through in this game. And there were plenty of passes where Jalen had it right on the money. Crossing routes to AJ Brown was like, was a, a thing of beauty again this week. So just to like try to create something out of a couple errant throws at the beginning of the game are, are it like, do you, did you do you not take anything out of how we how we rebounded, how we capitalized on opportunities, how we showed how resilient of a team we are? Yeah, I mean, <sighs> listen, I don't really need people to go and tell us that we're like the number one team in, in everything. But like, has this writer ever experienced rain before? Have they ever understood that a ball can be slippery? Um, you know, like a pick six that we overcame and went from 0 to 14 to end up leading in the half like did this writer say anything about that at all that's what i mean that is a fluky play so to just like do you have the other three that were ahead of us Mm, wait eagles eagles soar into the top five so i i guess this is the first week that they decided to put the eagles into the top five so number four uh yeah number four is the eagles number three this is going to Guess who number three is? It's an NFC team. Number three, is it the Rams? It's the Packers, and I don't even <laughs> want to get in it. I don't I, actually. So I alluded to my ESPN frustration before. I had NFL Live on today, which I never listened to. I think it was Marcus Spears who used to be on the Cowboys. So I guess this is kind of making sense to me. But he's he was talking about Odell Beckham possibly going to the Packers when he's healthy enough to play. And he says that move makes Green Bay the clear-cut best team in the NFC. They all, Green Bay almost just lost at home to, to a third-string quarterback named Zape. Zap, Zape, Zape, whatever. Like, come, what, what, are we watching the same league? Are we watching the same game? Or what, like, 
Okay. All right. I'm getting, I'm, I feel like I'm going to start crying. You're going to have to give me a binky and we're going to have to take another break. And for time's sake, don't want to do that. So I'm going to put myself on mute. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty pathetic. I mean, is what it is. So as far as my two downs are concerned, um, first drive, the Eagles got the ball. Jalen Hurts throws an interception. And it looked very reminiscent of when Teddy Bridgewater threw an interception, Darius Slay run it back, and Teddy Bridgewater made a business decision to not hit Darius Slay. The same person was A.J. Brown in the situation. A.J. Brown totally had a step in the right direction to be able to, I forget who, who intercepted, but totally had the opportunity to get this guy down. And as a result had to make our offensive lineman, Jordan Mulata go out for the rest of the game, because at least Mulata was giving hundred percent effort to try to get this person down. AJ Brown's a wonderful asset in Philadelphia. I think he has great character. He can rap. We saw that after the game, like the dude loves the team, the locker room and everything. And he can rap. But I so still, that's cool. <laughs> Just like he's no, he's getting hype with everybody and everything. But like what I'm, what I, I guess like what what I'm saying is, is that I remember there was one clip out there of Terrell Owens, and he's in a pregame with his teammates, and he says, "Who can make a play? I can. Let's go, To. Let's go, To." And just talk about just having a big head. I just don't want AJ Brown to be like, "Oh, that's beneath me. I need to now go tackle people as well." Um, I'm getting really, really nitpicky by saying our wide receiver didn't make a defensive play here, but he had the opportunity to get him. So I would have been, uh, I would have liked to, to be able to see that. And then, and I think the news actually this afternoon, maybe why this happened. Um, but it didn't look like, it looks like Nick Sirianni needs to invest in a calculator. Um, I mean, we're down, we're up by eight points fourth down to put the game away to get a first we're on the 21 yard line and a field goal would make it 11 points which would make it almost impossible for jacksonville to come back well we gave the ball back to them because we didn't convert on fourth down trevor lawrence had the ball down by eight with a little bit over a minute to go in the game there's no reason that we need to we need to do that i love the fact that the eagles are aggressive I like the fact that Doug Peterson changed the way that we view fourth down in the NFL and and, and we've adopted that philosophy in this new era with Nick Sirianni. But we need to be able to make smart decisions when we can. And I felt like it was just a really, really, really poor decision. Now, it does look like we did sign a new kicker, um, and I'm not making this up. His last name is Dicker. Dicker, the kicker, is now coming to Philly, and there was video of Jake Elliott popping a handful of pills or something on the sidelines there after that roughing the the kicker, roughing the kicker penalty. So that may have something to do with why they decided not to kick. But earlier that game, Elliott did kick a forty-one yarder or whatever after that injury. So to me, it just didn't seem like a very wise decision. We now have a Dicker and the son of a Dicker, uh, Landon Dickerson, Dickerson. <laughs> So I guess we, we lose, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Dick Rod, who was Richard, Richard Rogers. And now we have, um, a lot of, uh, yeah. Okay. Moving on. So I, I agree with you. I think like we all had the same thought and the only conclusion that could be made off of not, or, or going forward on fourth down and not taking the points is that Elliot was really dealing with some discomfort and they weren't confident in him making the field goal or the potential of him injuring himself further. So 
totally, totally get that. Um, I just realized I forgot to give the other uh, two teams in the Ringers article. So the Packers were three, uh, the Chiefs are two, and the Bills are one. So probably predictable, which is why I forgot to mention it. Um, so, so yeah, I, you know, you, you talked about James Bradbury before and that interception where he came out of nowhere was like, it reminded me so much of Asante Samuel or just the days where we had secondaries that made big plays. So somebody asked me the question, my friend, my good friend, Gary asked me the question and, uh, you know, he asked me who has been a more valuable signing. Has it been Hassan Reddick or James Bradbury? And I honestly can't give a confident answer one way or the other, which I guess is a great thing, but, uh, I, I wanted to pick your brain to see if, if maybe, you know, if you had any feelings about that. Dude, it's so tough. I think I'm going to have to be in the same boat as you, though. I can't pick one or the other. They play two different positions. You know, if I'm comparing Darius Slay to James Bradbury, like that's a one-to-one comparison. I think they both bring unique, intangible things to our defense. So, you know what, man? I'm actually not going to pick it. Gun to my head, if I had to, one thing I think the Eagles lacked it's difficult because lockdown corners too, but I think just pressure on their quarterback and Hassan Reddick brings that. Um, and it's also apparent in our stat sheet. You're not going to see that a lot from lockdown corners, but it's really difficult to pick because James Bradbury had a pick that basically put the nail in the coffin this week. But I think if I had to pick gun to my head, Hassan Reddick was a better pickup. No arguments there. We have the best of both worlds. And I mean, this is the final thing we'll really touch on. Uh, Just talking about the defense. Um, In the past, I think that the mindset was we are going to apply pressure on the quarterback and that's going to help bail out the secondary. So we can have not the best cornerbacks in the world if we are bringing pressure to the quarterback. Correct. Clearly, when we only had 29 sacks all of last year, we were never getting to the quarterback. And on top of that, yeah, our cornerbacks were getting, well, not not Slay necessarily. Steven Nelson was fine. Um, even that, I feel like we were excited about at the time because we're just used to really poor cornerback play. But being able to apply pressure and have the best, I, I will, I, I'm saying they are the best cornerback tandem in the NFL. Um, we are just... Such a good defense, dude. It's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. I can't really remember the last time our defense was that good. Even the Super Bowl I, year, mm-hmm. I just feel like we weren't really that great as well. I feel like maybe if you were like a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan, you knew who Brandon Graham was, right? But Brandon Graham's claim to fame is when he knocked the ball out of Tom Brady's hands, and now he's like a legend. But now he's just one guy out of a sea of talent that we see. Um, and then all these guys are winning like NFC defensive players. Like I, I feel like every week it's a Philadelphia Eagle taking that. Yep. But, but we're piling up the accolades. <laughs> it's wild, man. It's it's wild. But we have really big expectations now. You can't play this good just to watch it all tarnish um, because it's going to get ugly really quick. So I think Jalen has the right mindset, though. I think he is. We talked about this in the chat today, and I want to ask you this, Andrew. I said Jalen Hurts is the face of the franchise, and I was met with a little bit of criticism saying he's not only the face, but he's the body and embodiment of the franchise. What do you think about one guy holding that much weight when you see so much talent across the team? Is Jalen Hurts the face of the franchise, 
or is he like the body and the soul and the heartbeat of the franchise? I'm okay with saying that he's the face of the franchise. I think yes. that most of the time, if you have a quarterback who's getting attention or a quarterback who's playing well, chances are, you know, that's usually the leader of the team. So more times than none, that's going to be the face of the franchise. But, and I will also say that I don't even want to think of the I word of any players not being available, but uh, you know, I, if anybody goes down or if one starter were to go down and we would be the affected the most by it, it would be him. So he's the most important player on the team. He's not the entire body and soul though, because there are so many, I mean, we talk about the unsung heroes, the, the people that, that don't get enough credit, TJ Edwards, Landon Dickerson, who's like first in the league against everything. the run at it, everything. This is such a team effort. Uh, Kaiser white making plays, uh, you know, Josh, Joshua perspiration, bring in the heat. So, and AJ Brown, like AJ Brown has brought such, such an element to the team. So there are so many people who are pivotal in this, that you cannot put the entire face, body, soul, everything onto one person. But I am definitely okay with saying that he's the face, he's the leader, um, and ultimately the most important player on the team. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you with all of that. And, and I'm just watching this this clip today and he said and and i may take it out of context but he said no rain no seat no snow like we'll we'll slow down the eagles or or something like that and even during those exciting years with carson wentz we just never had that and i just think jalen hurts's story is just so incredibly inspiring to anybody and you know listen i think black quarterbacks don't get enough opportunities in the NFL to be given a chance like 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 this or they just want to be viewed as one dimensional yeah too, and and I, and I don't want to bring race into it too much but I just I just feel like the the verdict is out on black quarterbacks that they just like don't get a second chance and and the thing that's really encouraging about Jalen is even when he got drafted here we all instantly said well he's going to be a nobody and then when he went in the whole entire fan base I don't want to say the entire fan base, but a lot of people were not in his corner. And then the national media started like really questioning is Jalen Hurts really it? And even us on this podcast talked about, you know, is is he going to really be us? And it's all up to Jalen and it's all up to that. And he just stood up to the challenge and just owned it. And even with all of those critics and all of those people that doubted him, He's on Manning Cast last night just talking about his teammates and how great it is. He's giving motivational speeches to some of those people that may have even doubted him in the locker room. And he's just really owned up to it. I just think Jalen Hurts is just such an incredible human being. I think he's the embodiment of grit. I think that he is perfect for the city and he's grateful. He is so grateful to be a Philadelphia Eagle and he says it time and time again. I could go on and on, but... I am sold. He's my quarterback one. I'm so happy that he plays for my football team. I'm so happy he's seen the success that he did and and that that he's he's been given a chance to shine. Absolutely. I will say uh you know we he, he did deserve some of our critiques or you know what I'm saying like 
he did deserve to be criticized is, by yes, his performance. Yes. And, and we had every right to really question if he is it. So, um, you know, if it's like calling out haters, I hope it's not like geared towards people that have talked badly about him in the past. Like, I obviously, he's using that as fuel to, to, to ignite his performance. Um, I also want to make mention, this is the first time ever since I believe throughout his college experience until now uh, where he's had the same coach back-to-back years or he was playing in the same offense back-to-back years. So clearly that has that that has had some sort of impact. I know having A.J. Brown and Devontae and a great offensive line, all these things play into it. But um, accountability, man, That at the end of the day, I think that he's never tried to make excuses. And I think that that's what we look for as a fan base. And that's why we had gripes with some of the guys who left here, Jalen Rager and Carson Wentz. There have been kind of the, the finger being pointed at the fan base or these other reasons rather than just owning up to your shortcomings. And Jalen just, he just, he just walk, he walks the walk, talks the talk, and, and he's proving us all right or just giving us so much to be happy about. So amen to everything you said, Alex. Yeah, man. Thank you. Well, speaking of, uh, I guess we'll keep it on, on the Jalen train for now. You know, why not? We'll, we'll revisit, uh, or we'll, we'll visit his, his current MVP odds. Uh, he did move from, I guess last week, I think he was the third best odds. Now he's fourth. So Lamar Jackson, uh, Bumped, jumped up in front of him. Uh, so it's still Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen who are uh, the three. Didn't Lamar, didn't Lamar Jackson throw basically a game-ending interception at the end of that game? I'm surprised he jumped up as a result of that. What, it's funny you say that because uh, before this week, I was actually uh, – I was kind. Of, it was kind of interesting that we didn't talk about him more in the conversation because he's had been having a very, very good year. But uh, yeah, kind of interesting that that they lost the game and he moves up in the rankings. But who knows how these things work, man? Who knows? Um, yeah, maybe it's your boy at the Athletic that's writing this kind of stuff. Uh, it's the Ringer. The Athletic the, actually yeah, has us as number the one. My so bad, let's... the Ringer. The Ringer. <laughs> <laughs> um, next year, yeah, we'll just wrap up these odds. So NFC Eagles are still yeah. Take take this, the Ringer. Eagles are still number one uh, in Vegas at plus three hundred. Packers at plus four hundred. So. You know, eat that. And then Super Bowl, uh, we are in third. And this is still the same as before. We're behind the Chiefs, behind the Bills. We get the point. Um, Sounding like Chiefs and Bills better be the AFC championship because they are consistently the top two teams if uh, if the Eagles aren't aren't being viewed as that. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, I know everybody is all about Bills Mafia. Love their fan base. Wish them the best. But those Kansas City Chiefs did some work Mm -hmm. on that pretty stout Buccaneers defense, man. Mahomes, sure Kelsey had a heck of a game, man. Tyree Koo, you Tyree know, Koo. I mean, dude, they just, they they absolutely dominated. So, you know, I, I know we're 4-0 and this is an Eagles podcast, but man, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Chiefs fan too. You guys are just witnessing absolute greatness. Yeah, I'm, you know, yeah. Yeah, they got Patrick Mahomes. They're having a good time. They've, they've gotten to see a, a lot of fun football, so good for them. <laughs> Maybe that would be – I think ever since Andy Reid has gone there, I think it would be this – it's always been this fantasy like, oh, man, just how how beautiful would that be if the Eagles went against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? It would just be so, so cool. So It'd cool. be something, man. It'd, It'd be, be something, man. Hopefully we, we won't be going to Waffle House afterwards to celebrate with Andy. <laughs> All you can eat buffet. <laughs> All right, man. So, hey, uh, let's get into our, our next segment here. Um, let's go back to swinging it. 
So for you that don't know what swinging it is, and Andrew and I have been doing very bad. Very bad. Um, but it's because the whole point of this is for us to pick an upset, an underdog, because Philadelphia is usually referred to as the underdogs. Not this year. We're, we're actually very much favorited going into this week. We're but overdogs. We're, but yeah. we are essentially trying to pick an upset. And then by the amount of spread that upset happens, we tally to our total. So far, uh, I am – I haven't won one. <laughs> You're over, you, yeah. yeah. And you have one with a total of what, three points? Uh, no, um, just 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 two, but just a very two. a big two, though. You know what I mean? It's like a big two. So I'm going for the triple kill here. I'm trying to get triple <laughs> on you here this week. Love My it. upset for the week is it is Geno season in Seattle right now. Geno Smith has over a seventy percent completion percentage right now. Um, Andy Dalton, I don't know if he's still starting for the Saints this week, but I really like that matchup. So the Seattle Seahawks are flying to New Orleans, one o'clock game, where the Seahawks are a five and a half point, we'll call it six point underdog this week. Uh, Give me the points, but also give me the Seahawks to win outright on that. I love that pick, and I... I'm happy. I happen to be looking at this right now. It says the underdogs have won four of the Seahawks last five games. So that's that's very good news for the Seahawks. So Alex, I wish you the best of luck, man. You got to get on the board one I of these days. It. I need it. I need it. <laughs> I am going to go with the Cleveland Browns at home against the Chargers. The Chargers looked like they were back to form this past week. Uh, Justin Herbert looked like he it was a little bit healthier than that rib injury because they got smoked by the Jaguars the previous week, bounced back, but they didn't beat a great team. They beat the Texans. And the Texans were able to run the ball well on the Chargers. I expect the Cleveland Browns to do the same exact thing. Give it to Chubb. Give it to Chubb. Give it to Hunt a little bit. Then give it to Chubb again. Mm-hmm. Um, so give me the Browns at home who are a three-point underdog against the Chargers. I feel like the Chargers are... Like historically, they just they are not a reliable team. I will say that. I almost compared them to the Eagles at one point because they just they seem to be that one team in the AFC that would lose in heartbreaking fashion a lot. So anyway, I'm feeling good about the Cleveland Browns. Who thought I'd say that six years ago? Yeah. Now, interesting, man. Uh, J- Jacoby is definitely the upper tier of what backups look like, but just not quite good enough to keep a starting job, but I wish him the best. I like the Browns. I've always liked the Browns. I family out in Cleveland. So I'll definitely be rooting for you um, there as well. Wow. Uh, That's so nice of you. Yeah. All right. Uh, So shifting gears (laughs) over to the Eagles. Eagles are traveling to Phoenix to take on the Cardinals 425 game on Sunday. The Eagles are a five and a half point favorite which is pretty significant because usually the home team is usually already spotted three points, but that's kind of a technicality. Um, I, I'm sitting here looking at the Yahoo Sports app and just trying to think of my analysis before the game. There is not one stat that the Cardinals lead us on. And before the season started, I really remember thinking the Vikings and the Cardinals are going to be our first two um, pretty significant games against some some pretty tough opponents. You know, the Cardinals are not playing too well right now. They had a fluke win um, against, the, against the Las Vegas Raiders. And then last week, they were really struggling against the Carolina Panthers. And as much as I like Baker Mayfield, yikes, man. He just, he just kept them in the game. The Panthers are 
really bad. The Panthers are really bad, and and they won twenty six to sixteen, and it didn't really look like even like a commanding win. So you know, thinking about going into this week, um, the Eagles score more points. They they. I'm just looking at all of them. There's not one significant stat that the Cardinals lead us with. I think the only thing that concerns me, and it's always been the Achilles heel of the Philadelphia Eagles, and I don't think we've seen one this year, is a mobile quarterback like Kyler Murray. Um, He's always going to be a threat. Um, It's kind of interesting, though, because Jalen Hurts is a mobile quarterback, so maybe the defense is actually more inclined to be able to stop a, a mobile quarterback. But that's the only real threat I see. Kyler's not playing good. He doesn't have good receivers. The running game in Arizona is not looking too good. And I think we have enough practice against a mobile quarterback. I don't want to say a lock, but I am not as concerned about this game as I was four weeks ago. What are your thoughts, Andrew? I think that this is going to be, I think, Miles Sanders. We saw a very a great performance this past week, but I I really feel like this is going to be another big Jalen week. Uh, the Cardinals are in the bottom ten in pass defense. They're giving up a little over, I think wow. about two two fifty five a game, which um, you, you know two fifty five actually doesn't sound like a lot, but I guess that's just because we've been looking at Eagle stats all year, and, and Jalen's made it seem very easy to hit three hundred. So um, I really think that there's an opportunity for us to beat the Arizona secondary consistently. And especially if they were watching last week and they saw the success, the success that, that miles had, if they want to take any more account for the run and free up any, anything like that's the thing you just, you really, it's so hard for a defense to pick and choose where they're going to try to, to stop us. Because even if you're taking receivers out because Jalen can get it done with his legs, or we have, you know, Sanders who, who looks freaking awesome we can just get it done in so many ways so uh, i can't see arizona's defense stopping us i'm not worried about their offense outside of like you said anytime there's a mobile quarterback who can extend a play it's scary i was worried about trevor lawrence being a, a step up from what we've seen so far this year in terms of quarterback mobility um the conditions i think definitely made it a little different uh difficult for, for lawrence as well but um kyler is a speedster so he's fun to watch but he makes a lot of mistakes too. He's a smaller guy. He's easy to, to bat passes down. Our defense is good. I'm feeling good. Eagles win easy, man. Uh, Eagles win easy. Yeah, um, no, and and I think those stats are pretty good. So the over under for this game is only 48 and a half points. And I think the Eagles, honestly, Andrew, based off what you just told me, could put up 40 points themselves. I really want to get back to 30 this week. It's been yeah. it's been a while. Stanglin yeah. said, but I want to get back to 30. Yeah, man. And and just, you know, when when you look at what we have upcoming, um, the story just gets better and better and better for the Eagles, man. So um, I see us going through the first seven weeks and I don't even know who it's going to be to, but like six and one. Like, I really I don't see us losing this game. Um, my score prediction, I think I'm going to give the Eagles 32. And I'm going to give the Cardinals 17. Um, I think it's going to be another good game, good conditions for us. It's going to be dry. Um, yeah, man. I'm going 35-20 only because yeah, I think Arizona's – I think Arizona – but it's going to be like a 
not not a good 20. It's going to be like they'll get a garbage time touchdown or something at the end of the game to make it seem like it's closer than it actually was. Um, also, quick note, we, we are fortunate that they are without DeAndre Hopkins, but really their receiving core is still very pedestrian. They do have a receiver. I love his name, Greg Dortch. A lot of fun. Great yeah. name. Uh, that's um, but, a solid name. Yeah, <laughs> Dortch. But they really don't have a lot to be – they don't have a ton of weapons right now. So let's keep this going, baby. Come on, 5-0. Yes. and oh, We got so, this. So final thoughts before we log off for today. Go deal with our barking dogs and, and our crying babies. Uh, People don't realize how, how much it takes to actually get a podcast completely recorded in a, in a decent I time know. span. This is great, but there's like six recordings here. You guys don't even know how much like editing I'm going to have to do <laughs> just to make this sound okay. I've even had to move to the basement, uh, but this is life and this is what we do, right? We wing it, man. We wing it. We wing it, man. We wing it. Um, so last last point, um, what are your thoughts on Zach Ertz? Just we're going to see him again. I feel like it should be talked about more, but I, I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts on just like how do you think that that goes? Do you care at all? Like what do you what do you think? You know, it's that situation again. Like we talked about it with Doug Peterson last week. Like how how do how would we expect that ovation to be? And we were hopeful that people give the proper respect. I know this game's in Arizona, although I do expect there to be a ton of Eagles fans there anyway. Yes. If Zach Ertz was coming to Philly, he would get a. a 95% ovation. I think, again, he was pivotal in that Super Bowl run. When Carson Wentz was top of Carson, like when he was the best Carson Wentz, it was because um, Zach Ertz was so reliable. I mean, he was, as he's the best tight end we've ever had, hands down. Um, he, I don't know if, if it's if it's far-fetched to think he's a Hall of Famer. I, I'm not quite sure what the competition looks like. I think like. he is. I think he I, is. Just because yeah. of the reception totals. is, the, yeah. is so, He's a very, you know, he's your yeah. modern-day tight end catching the ball. Can't can't gain any yards afterwards. No Never yak, has Zach. No yak, Zach. Zero. Right. Zero. But um, I, I think he'll be forever loved by Philadelphia. What do you think? Yeah, man. Strong breeze could just knock him down. If he was walking up in my backyard <laughs> this weekend, he'd just be stumbling everywhere, falling, diving. Is, um, yeah, man, I, I think it's actually a little bit overshadowed because we're performing so well. Honestly, man, I, I feel like it's not like a big sentimental moment because he leaves and we go on to do great things again. And we're already talking about Super Bowl contention. So, well, when, we, um, when he was here, I mean, we we knew that we had another tight end who could easily we're not you know, who could take over that role and be very effective. And honestly, Goddard may end up no joke, being a better player than Zach Ertz, which is crazy to think. We're very spoiled right now with the tight ends. But um, Goddard, people call him Baby Gronk, and it's like not far-fetched to think that he has a similar skill set. I mean, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of people um, really, really big on Dallas. I was a little bit concerned when Zach left. It's almost like a security blanket that you just like don't have, right? Um, but no, I mean, I'm really happy for Zach. Didn't they just have a baby named and they named him Madden? That's a that's a football name if I've ever heard one. Madden um, Ertz. <laughs> yeah, Madden Ertz. But no, happy happy that we'll be able to get to see him. Uh, hope that we absolutely destroy him. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a good reunion. Um, you know, I always just think of that one image of Zach diving into the touchdown in the Super Bowl, and that was like the last the last touchdown that we scored. So um, mm-hmm. excited, excited to see him, but don't think I'll be getting a lot of feelings back. Um, <laughs> but almost everyone I know, including myself, has a Zach Ertz jersey. Man, like he was the guy here for a while, and you just don't see it a lot from tight ends. So he looks he looks much better in green than he does in red. But speaking of 
our team in red. Phillies, playoffs. Happy yes, about sir. that. Yes, sir. Yeah, well, it's because they introduced more more wild card spots this year. So let's not let's not be overshadowed. Man, they were <laughs> I, I have mixed reactions on this, man. They were like popping champagne and everything in in the in the locker room last night. I think it's great. Like that that's that's awesome. But man, they've just been playing like garbage. Like they they just like don't the Brewers have helped them big time, but um, it's it's been it's been such a long time since we've made it, and there's players on this team like Gene Segura has never yeah. even made it to the playoffs before. Reese Hoskins, Aaron Nola, all these guys have never made it to the playoffs. So celebrate it! I know it's like the second wild card definitely takes away from the I don't know it's it, it's not as as cool or as much of an accomplishment but it's still exciting so let's just celebrate it man let's just celebrate it i hear that i hear that exciting (laughs) time to be a philadelphia sports fan the the Mm -hmm. 76ers just did a ton of work on the brooklyn nets too uh uh, um, ben simmons missing free throws it's just very forgettable name he's a very forgettable name yeah man so all right guys well hey go walk your dogs get them fed (laughs) uh make sure your babies are asleep rock them to bed to all you dads out there with wives out of town or single dads or whatever just know i sympathize with you and i know you sympathize with me um and single moms yep oh yeah sig- oh yeah i'm sorry can't forget about the ladies in this too <laughs> where, where was i with all of this can't have the baby without the ladies but um all right guys well we will be here next week and breaking down this game against the five Cardinals. and oh baby five and oh come five on and oh. let's get it peace